as we wrap up our series on the comeback uh, and, and, and get geared up for this next year. I appreciate you being here. This is our last weekend service together. Next week will be a new year and a new season for us uh, individually and as a church. And um, so I appreciate you being here, finishing strong here in 2015. And um, I was going to talk to you about Peter uh, this morning. And uh, I just love the story of Peter and and what he went through as a disciple of Jesus. If you know anything about Peter, when he was originally called, Jesus found him fishing in a boat. They were up all night and couldn't catch anything. And so, uh, you know, Jesus shows up um, with no expertise in fishing and no idea of what it takes to fish. Um, And he tells him, hey, why don't you cast the net on the other side? Amen. And, um, and they did as he spoke, at his word, and they caught so many fish that the net began to break. They went in, and then Jesus said, now you're going to catch a different type of fish. You're going to catch men, and come follow me. We know Peter followed him. But then what did Peter do? When it came down to crunch time, crunch mode, he denied Jesus three times. And if we look over in John chapter 21, we actually find that Peter's out doing the same thing. And I think that that's a representation of a lot of us. We, we fail, we hit a, a roadblock, we stumble somewhere, and we find ourselves right back where we started rather than continuing on the mission. And the reason why I'm just kind of talking this out and just kind of giving some monologue to it is because God has pushed me in a different direction. But I thought it was important at least to mention that this next year, don't find yourself reverting back to what you were doing before God called you. I want you this next year to put every failure, every uh, time you've stumbled, every time that uh, uh, we didn't endure and we didn't press through, don't find yourself reverting back. And Jesus ended up going up to Peter and saying, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. He said, Peter, do you love me? And he starts getting a little irritated. Why are you asking me this? You know all things. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. And then he asked him one more time, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, feed my sheep. What's he doing? He's getting his eyes off of himself and onto the cause. And what I want us to go into this next year with, you know, we make a lot of resolutions and we come up with a lot of things that we want to change. But we need to know not just what we're changing, but why we're changing. I think when we can answer that question, you'll find yourself finishing with a better endurance and a better perseverance. He had to remind Peter why he was doing what he was doing. Not that you just came and followed me and you're not just a fisherman and you're not just here to make a paycheck and just to go about your business, but let me tell you why. What did he do? He gave him a cause. I think many of us are missing a cause in life. And you need to be able to answer that question for every resolution and every item that shows up on your list this next month that God is leading you to change and God's directing you to add to. And, 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 and we've looked at so many points, um, you know, this last month. We've looked at it's better to be effective than be busy. Uh, sometimes we just add busyness to our plate and we're not being effective. Uh, you know, back there in, in Luke chapter 5, where Jesus originally called Peter and said they toiled all night but caught nothing. And I feel like that's a lot of us sometimes. We are toiling and toiling. It's not producing anything. But I think that God wants us to be effective and productive 
in our line of work, in our lives, in our homes. Um, so what is it that we can do that will make us more effective for the kingdom of God? Don't ask yourself this next month, what do I want to change? Ask yourself, what do I want to see change around me? Because whatever change that takes place in you ought to influence something that you're connected to. Whatever change you make in your life ought to help somebody that you're connected to. If you want to be in the word more, being in the word more should not just change you, but it should change those around you. It should influence and affect the people that you live with day to day. You should be different as a result of that. And the world around you will be different. Everyone wants to change the world, but you never really want to change your world. I'll tell you today that the key to changing the world is first changing your world. If you can change the things inside of you, you will start influencing the things around you. And I have found this, guys, that whatever is influencing me, is, is what I'm influencing others with. I find I'm the most negative when I'm around a lot of negative people. I, I find that their negativity, come on somebody, is wearing off on me, and now I'm feeding that and fueling that, and, and, and that's just flowing through me to somebody else. Well, what if we could change what's influencing us? I believe that we could end up influencing others differently. Amen? So let's get a cause. Uh, Jesus took Peter back to the why. Why do I need you? Why do you need to follow me? And then he ends there in John chapter 21, and he says, follow me. All over again, he takes them right back to where he started. Come, follow me. You following me will change how you influence others. Amen? But this is where the Lord has directed me today in John chapter 15. Um, Verse 1, it says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. It's amazing that he points out that even Jesus needs someone to tend the garden. Jesus is the vine, but my father is the vine dresser. That means he's the one that's placing it in there. He's the one that's organizing it all together. Uh, He's the one that's cutting. He's the one that's determining what's producing and what's not. But he says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear what? More fruit. I believe that 2016, I'm going to declare this by Uh, Jesus name that 2016 will be the most fruitful year of your life the most fruitful year of your life what's fruit fruit is what's produced it's a product now a lot of us love the fruit and a lot of us give a lot of attention to the fruit but there's something that is allowing the fruit to be produced And I think it's the thing that we tend to ignore sometimes. In fact, nobody really looks at it. You can't see it. Um, It's invisible uh, to the naked eye. But if you know how the system works, then you can better understand how something is produced. And if you want a more fruitful year next year, 
if you want to see more fruit. See, even Jesus is looking for more fruit. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good your 2015 was, there's always more that can be produced. And a lot of times we go to the fruit, and I think that we need to give attention to the root. I think the attention needs to be given to the root. Because when we invest in the root system, we'll get the fruit that we're believing for. See, life is made up of priorities. Everybody's got priorities. Whether you know it or not, you've got priorities. Whether you've set out priorities or not, there's something that you value more than something else. There are things that you will not do because this is more important. There are decisions that you make on a daily basis that reveal your priorities. And if your priority is fruit rather than the root, we won't have fruit. You have to make a priority of the things that produce that fruit. We've got to make a priority to invest in the thing that's going to bring the fruit, that's going to produce the fruit. He goes on here. In verse 3, he says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. Abiding is investment. And, and notice that he's identifying connection here. This whole thing is connected. I am the vine, and you are the branches. The branch produces the fruit, but... What it's producing is determined by what it's connected to. What you will produce this next year is determined by what you connect to this next year. He says, abide in me and I in you. Abide means to live in, to dwell in, to make an abode. Now, we know that Jesus was a man that walked on the face of the earth for 33 years. We just... Uh, celebrated his birth just this past week. And I hope that you took time with your families uh, in the midst of all the gifts and all the wrapping paper that's thrown away and all the, the, the gift bags that are opened up and all the toys that are uh, shoveled out to all the kids. I hope you took an opportunity this past week to celebrate the real reason for the season. But we just celebrated the man. But before Jesus was a man, he was the word. So when he's saying abide in me and I in you, he's not talking about himself, Jesus, the man. He's talking about himself, the word of God. John 1, 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Not news for you that Jesus is still in existence today in his word. His word is Jesus and Jesus is the word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. We've got to abide in the word. Abide is the opposite of visitation. It doesn't say visit me and I'll visit you. It says abide in me. Live in me. Dwell. Make your home. That means connect. And connection always requires investment. Period. I mean, husbands and wives aren't connected 
just because they put a ring on it. You're connected because of investment. You can put a ring on it, but there are, are husbands and wives that live in this, under the same roof, and they're as far apart uh, as, as any stranger because they never invested time. And the deeper the connection is determined by the greater investment. How much you're willing to invest this next year will determine the level of connection that you have. And see, we miss the connection. We miss the fruit being connected to the root. We miss the connection that's producing the fruit in our lives. You want to have a fruitful year. So we've got to take care of the root system. Let me just give you an example. You want to uh, 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 do better financially this next year. So all of us run straight to money. We all run straight to, well, I need to save money or I need to not spend as much money or I need to cut up credit cards, not use them as much or, you know, whatever it is that helps you do better financially this next year. But there's a root system that's missing because if you're not honoring God with your finances, the root system is broken and you will not produce the fruit that God wants you to produce in your finances. It's just the bottom line. You, you can make all the changes on the outside you want, but if we aren't fixing the root of the problem, you won't see the fruit that you want to see. We've got to set the priority right. We've got to set the priority and go after the root, not just the fruit. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He's, ba- he's, he's making it very clear. What you're connected to determines what you produce. If you're not connected to me, you won't be productive. You won't be productive. You might be busy, but there's even a such thing as bad fruit. You can still be bearing fruit and it not be good fruit. What you produce is determined by what we're connected to. This next year, we've got to make a deeper connection with Jesus. What does that mean? It means we've got to make a deeper connection with the Word. We've got to make a deeper connection with the Word. That means Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's amazing that the fruit is actually a byproduct of taking care of the roots. That will happen all by itself if you will manage the roots properly. That will take place. And notice that the fruit isn't for the tree. The fruit is for others to pick off. If you want to be a fruitful Tree, you've got to get your eyes off yourself, and you've got to, got to get your eyes off of those that are going to be picking the fruit off of your tree. That fruit is to invest in somebody's life. But what investment are you making in yourself? What investment are you putting in your roots? What investment are we making uh, that's going to change what we're producing in our lives? I know that there's areas that I want to see more fruit in. 
I know that there's areas in my life that, you know, this last year was a great year for me. I, I did well in some things, but I want to see more produce. I'm not going to plateau. I'm not going to not going to climax. I'm not going to just stop at a certain level. I'm going to continue to produce whatever God wants to produce through me. It, it, it's not about me. I'm telling you right now, there are some things that God's already be, began to show me and direct me in that are going to stretch me because he wants more. And we've said this before, that God doesn't call you to do something that he hasn't already equipped you to do. Anything that God calls you to do and any vision that he gives you for your life or for your business or, 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 or for whatever arena you're in, it is because he's already placed it within you. He's already strengthened you to do it. He's already put it within you. God knows exactly what's inside of you. Potential. Potential is untapped. What do you have a potential to accomplish this next year? What do you have a potential? It's going to be determined by what you're connected to. Just this past week, I was watching uh, a, a 30 for 30 on ESPN. If any of you are familiar with that, they're just short films um, that they do on different athletes and different stories. And they did one on an individual uh, by the name of Marcus Dupree. Marcus Dupree uh, was... This huge guy in uh, really before high school, um, and people noticed the potential within this guy. They said, we've got to get him on the football field. And in high school, as a freshman, I mean, he's just, I mean, you, you, you can't stop the guy. He ended up as a senior with 6'5", 235 pounds, uh, benching over 400, 500 pounds. Uh, just, I mean, this guy... The, the, the title of the film was The Best That Never Was. The Best That Never Was. And, and we see this happen a lot with these high schoolers. Uh, you know, towards their end of their senior year, uh, they need to determine where they're going to go to school. And he said he had over 300 schools vying for his attention. He finally nailed it down to Texas, Oklahoma, and then a small school in Alabama where he was from, southern Alabama. And, you know, these young kids, they're, they're not prepped for this stuff. They're not primed for this stuff. He's poor. He's a single mom. I mean, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, they would give these kids all kinds of stuff. They'd give them cars. They'd give them money. Uh, one, one of them told them, uh, we'd give you $150,000 just to sign with us, just to, to commit with us. He ended up signing with Oklahoma, but the potential ended up being wasted because he was connected to the wrong source. He began listening to people, friends back home, that were telling him that they don't care about you. He was a running back, and they were trying to make him a tight end. Uh, you know, he went to college, and they were pushing him just like, the, you know, in high school he was used to being treated well. Uh, they even had film footage. He would score a touchdown, come on the side, and all these little kids would come up and fan him and give him, you know, drinks and just give him all this attention. And you get, you get to college, and it's not the same. And his coach, Barry Switzer at OU, you know, you, if you know anything about him, you know he's not going to babysit you. 
I mean, he's, he's in his face pushing him just like he's pushing any other guy. He said, I, I don't want anybody to think that we're all trying to take care of one individual. We're in this thing as a team. And he began listening to all these voices that said they don't care about you. Uh, at, at one point, uh, he was uh, at the end of his first year, his freshman year, um, he was telling them that he was going to quit. And they asked him, well, what do you want? And, and his mom spoke up and said, well, I want, a, I want a bigger trailer. So by the time he got home, there was already a bigger trailer on their lot. They had already got her. I mean, you know, just doing whatever it takes. But eventually he had to make a decision for himself. What's my priority? They began talking to him and saying, you know, you, you can go pro. You can go pro. So he ended up signing with the USFL at that time, which is kind of like it's pro, but it's not the NFL. And ended up getting injured and career went haywire. Was done. Messed up his knee. Potential that was wasted because he was connected to the wrong source. He had everything he needed around him at Oklahoma. But failed because he didn't connect. Could we have the very source that can draw on the potential? Could it be right within our reach? And yet we're failing in all these different areas because we're not giving attention and we're not connecting and we're not investing in the root system. We want the fruit. We want the highlight reel. We want the thing that everybody sees. But are you willing to put in the work behind the scenes that nobody can see? I heard a minister put it this way. He said, most of us are comparing our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Most of us are living our day to day and all we see is the great things that somebody else, and we're not seeing the work that they put in to achieve. There's a root system. All you see is the highlight reel on Sunday, but you don't see all the stuff that takes place on the practice field throughout the week. You don't see how early they're getting up in the morning to hit the gym. You don't see uh, the, the, uh, the consistency in their diet and how many times they want something but say, no, I'm not going to eat that because I need to perform. I need my body to perform at the highest level. You, 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 you don't see all the things that they cut out financially to get to be where they're at and to be able to make the choices that they're making. Investment always requires a cost. What are we willing to pay this next year to invest in our root system? What are we willing to give up? What are we willing to lay down? What you lay down is just as important as what you take on. Most of the times you'll find in life that you won't be able to take on something else until you choose to lay something down. I mean, the Bible even tells us that Jesus himself was like a seed that was planted. God knew if I want to reap multiple sons and daughters, I'm going to have to sow a son into the earth. And it fell to the ground and it died. Why? So that it could reap back multiple. If you want to see more in your life, you're going to have to give up something. It's going to cost you. I'm going to tell you right now, the cost is always greater not to follow than the cost to follow. Sure, you'll pay a price to follow Jesus this next year. You'll pay a price. There's something that you'll let go of. 
Peter and John and all those fishermen, they let go. They cast aside their careers and their families and their jobs. They invested in what Jesus was doing. And what they reaped in return was a kingdom. What are we willing to let go of this next year? What are we willing? I mean, look, it says here uh, in verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now, you would think, okay, if, if something's not producing, we cut it off. And if something is producing, we keep it. But he uses the same analogy for both. If it's not producing, cut it off. If it is producing, cut it off. There's always a cutting. There's always a cost. There's always a giving up. There's always a letting go if you want to see more. Your level of connection is going to be determined by your level of investment. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. There it is. My words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father, here is the result, is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Look, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, the only one that receives the glory is God. Everything we do, everything we implement, everything we cut off, everything that we uh, uh, build up in our lives, everything that we add to our lives is for the glory of the King. It's not for us. It's not to say, how, look at how much weight I lost or look at how much muscle I gained or look at how many books I read or, or look at how much money I saved. It's for the glory of God. By this, my Father is glorified. This is how they'll know you are my disciple. What investment are we willing to make? Guys, this next year, there's fruit that you want to see. You've probably already begun to make lists. You've probably already begun to look at what are the things that I want to see produced in my life. But now where we need to start making the investment is in the root. It's in the root. We have these available for you in the back. This is next year's Bible reading plan. I encourage you to stop by the back and grab one. It's so important to be in the Word of God. It's so important. This isn't the answer to everything. I know people that have read through this thing every single year and, 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 and still can't get their lives right because there's an application side. But it starts with being in the Word. That's the root. That's where the root is built up. If you want to accomplish anything great for this, ne- this next year uh, for God, it's not going to happen outside of a relationship with Him and His Word. He said, abide in me, and I in you, my words in you. We've got to get his word in us, and we've got to get in the word. This next year, this, this is just an opportunity for you to develop some consistency. This doesn't have to be the only thing you read, obviously. And some of you may already be diligent at being in the word daily. You may have your own regimen. But this 
for anyone that has trouble developing that consistency. One of the number one things I get when people come to me and say, you know, I really want to be in the Word. You know, where do I start? How do I do it? Right here. It's, it's as easy as looking at the day, and it tells you exactly what to read. It answers the most important question, where do I start? What do I read? And at the end of the year, you can mark this thing off, and you can have every box checked, and you can say, for the last 365 days, I was in the Word of God. It's produced in my life. It's produced in my life. That's not the only word that I read. Next year, that might be what you do, and then the following year, you build on that. God, what else do you want me to do? How much further do you want me to go? But we've got to be in the word. There's three things that I believe affect the root system in our lives. And everything else that we accomplish and everything else that we do beyond this, is determined by keeping these three things a priority. Number one, it's very simple, it's not complex. Number one, being in the Word of God daily. If you make that a, if you make that a priority this next year, I can promise you, you will see results. Number two, daily having a prayer life. A prayer life. Not just little prayers here and there. And we've taught on prayer. Uh, in fact, one of our first life classes that we're getting ready to implement uh, beginning January 6th is effective prayer. If you, The reason why we started out is because we know this is uh, one of the things that every believer says, I want to do better with. I need to, I've never heard anybody come to me and say, man, I'm, what do I do? I'm praying way too much. I, I need to pull back. <clears throat> do you have any answers for me? A prayer life. We've got to develop consistency in our prayer life. The third thing is being in church. Being in church consistently. Being a part of the body of Christ. Today there is such a devalue on church. Especially in our nation. I have found that things that we have too much of, we don't value properly. We have too much of it especially in this demographic. And you say, well, you can't have enough churches. Yeah, you can. Because when it's so readily available, then we don't value it properly. We've got to be in church consistently, being under the word, being under the shepherd. I'm a shepherd. I'm here for oversight and direction. I'm here for guidance. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd feeds A shepherd guides and directs which way should I go. A shepherd covers and cleans up after messes take place. That's why we're here. That's why I do what I do. I don't do this for a paycheck. I don't do this for any earthly glory. Uh, I, I, I do this for the shepherding of the body of Christ. And, and we've, we've got to gain a value for being in the house of God, fellowshipping with one another, hearing teaching from a pastor, being led and directed, and giving ourselves and submitting ourselves to that leadership. It's important. Those three things, I believe, if you develop consistency in, you will see the fruit. Those take care of the roots. It's hard to, take, it's hard to get fruit if we won't invest in the root.
So let's water this next year. Let's get ourselves in the right soil, the right environment. Let's get the right nutrients and the right energy going into the root system so that can flow through the branch. I mean, Jesus just said it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'll let you know Jesus isn't just the word of God. He's also the body of Christ, his church. You and I are Jesus in the earth. And if we are disconnected from the head, you know what that's called? It's called being decapitated. Right? If you sever a head from the body, if we don't stay connected to him, there's no life source. You can have all the parts and no life flowing through it. You can have all the branches, but no nutrients. When we become disconnected, we cannot produce life. We cannot produce what God wants us to produce. We cannot produce fruit if we disconnect from the vine. Those three areas, Chase, if you come up, those three areas, I promise you, this next year, if you make a priority, if you seek first the kingdom of God, we will see the results. We will see the results. I think there's a lot of things that we work for and that we go after that God simply wants to add to our lives. I think there's a lot of things that we try to produce on our own that God is saying, I want to produce those things in you. Let me do my job, right? You take care of your part, I'll take care of the rest. You just get your roots in the right soil. If you'll just water them with the word of God, if you'll have a daily prayer life, why do we pray anyways? Why do we pray anyways? We pray because God needs us to know his will and enact it on earth. That's why we pray. I mean, if if, if God is so sovereign and God is in all control, and he doesn't even really need us, then why are we praying? If he's going to do it anyways, but no, he needs you. He needs you in communication with him. He needs you in fellowship with him. He needs you in relationship. Show me one relationship that is growing and producing without communication. No, relationships die without communication. So I believe this next year can be a year that we produce for the kingdom of God. Amen? Right where you're at. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to get a glimpse, a vision for what God wants to do in your life this next year. Bible says that he has thoughts, plans, intents. He has a vision for your life, but if you don't have that vision, we can't accomplish it. We can't produce it. 
Father, we thank you this next year we get a glimpse of what you called us to do. We get a glimpse of the vision you have for our lives. Greater things. More fruit. More fruit. More fruit. More influence. Some of you, this next year, you're going to have more money flow through you than you've ever had in your entire life. Some of you, this next year, your marriages are going to be stronger than they ever have. Some of you, this next year, your businesses are going to grow exponentially. You won't even be able to contain it. Your nets will begin to break. You'll need to hire more people. You'll need to purchase more equipment. You'll need to expand your reach. Some of you this next year... Your influence in your job is going to soar. You're going to be promoted to positions of influence. You got to get a picture of more. What does more fruit look like? God wants to know, can he get it through you before he gets it to you? Will you still give him the glory? you give him the glory with the new promotion or will it pull you more out of church will you give him the glory with more finances or will it only serve yourself will you give him the glory when he's producing blessing in your life father we make you first We make you our number one priority. Father, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. We thank you that the blessings of God come upon our life because we prioritize you first. We're so excited to see what you're going to do this next year. As we flow from one season to the next, we're in expectation of what you are going to do in our lives. We come out of 2015 excited. We lay it behind. We press on towards the mark, press on towards the goal. We want to apprehend that which you have apprehended us for. By faith, we take hold of the vision and the blessing that you have for our lives. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read this one passage for you real quick before we, uh, gentlemen, you can just stay right where you're at, before we take up our tithe and offering. This is a passage that the Lord has given me for this next year for our church. It's in uh, Isaiah 55, verse 10. 
He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I believe that there are words that God has spoken. Would anyone agree with that? God has spoken words over your life. They will not return void. They will produce. See, even God knows you got to take care of the seed if you want to see the tree. you got to take care of the root if you want to see the fruit. Amen? Even he knows that. Even he honors the own, his own principle of seed time and harvest. And if you want to see production this next year, you've got to invest something. You know, God is investing words over your life, knowing that it will produce. Sometimes our lives don't paint that kind of picture. Sometimes, you know, I can just picture God in heaven wondering, are they ever going to align with the word I've spoken? Are they ever going to get things right? Are they ever going to choose to follow me? He's talking to a nation right here that's lost and in captivity. He's not talking to a people that are obeying him and following him. And living for him. Isaiah the prophet came to show up to Israel and say, if you don't turn from your ways, this is what's going to happen. And then he showed up to declare judgment. Isaiah was the prophet when they got taken captive by Babylon. Isaiah the prophet was the one that got to say, see, I told you so. I told you if you wouldn't change, this is what would happen. But even in the midst of that, God can still say, now I put seed in the ground, and it's going to produce. I put, and it's going to produce for the purpose which I sent it. So believe with me, believe with us that this next year, whatever God has spoken over your life, he's watching over it to perform it. He will finish what he began. God's really good at comebacks. Just when it looked like it was over. Just when it looked like you were done. Just when the enemy thought he had you against the ropes. God knows how to come back. Amen? Hallelujah.